Hi, welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share firsthand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Kevin, and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, we have the conclusion of our conversation with ThinkMoto co-founder, Marco Spies. So here's part two of our conversation with Marco. Take it away, Gene. Marco, welcome back to the show. In our previous episode, we talked about some of the big topics that we need to really start thinking about as we are designing more conversational interface, uh, chatbotting one of them. This time, I would love to just get uh, more specific in terms of uh, you know some of the case studies that that you briefly mentioned, uh, some of the work you're doing, and really you know break that down. There's sort of like the secrets of why something was really successful versus other things. So I, w- I would love to just pick up from the two things that you mentioned that are really interesting is the whole uh, approach to UX flow, how how you can um, separate that and it's really have that guided experience completely differently, uh, more impactful. And the second part is the having that personality of the assistant to, to make that interaction uh, more satisfying. So can you tell us, say, case study in a way that where you can break it down for us a little bit? So I mentioned before that we did a chatbot for LexOffice and they approached us actually with the task to create a a campaign idea for Black Friday. And we proposed actually three ideas. And one of those was a chatbot. And we knew that was actually quite bold to propose a chatbot, you know, as a sales campaign. But we outlined the idea and we said to the client, if this works, then you will have not only a successful campaign, but you will have a whole new channel to reach your customers and to keep a con- constant conversation with your customers. So the client liked the idea and uh, we did that. So we had only, now the problem was we only had six weeks time to go to launch the, the whole thing. So we had to build a chatbot in, in, in six weeks and we had to set up the whole campaigning around it, including social media advertising and all this. But at the end of the day, we really made it. It was like, it was a really great experience for the team also. It was not just an FAQ bot. It was a sales bot and, it, and we really had to get the UX right. And we had to get the personality right. And we had to get also the advertising around it right. So we created Louis. Uh, we built it based on uh, Cognigy AI, uh, a bot platform which really allowed us for, for rapid uh, building of the bot. It is also the platform that is probably most easy to use uh, among all that are out there. I, I outlined the process last in, in our last uh, session. I outlined the process a little bit. Um, so we created the personality of Louis. Uh, we, we created an avatar. We animated the uh, avatar. We created a lot of assets that were related to the product and to the campaigning. We brought the bot online uh, on Black Friday and on Cyber Monday, the Monday after Black Friday, uh, LexOffice had the highest sales ever on one single day. 
and all through a bot. So that was, to be honest, that was something that we did not expect. Um, it, it, it actually thrilled all of us. Allow me to pick, pick up from there. So you talked about training the bot to get to that point. Is it just a training part of this or what, what made it uh, so successful? Because I'm, I'm imagining because you're talking about the whole uh, buyer's journey and throughout, not just saying hello and not just answering a, a quick question. So tell us a little bit about what that training was like, why it was achieving that kind of results, and, and to what extent through the journey, when do you actually have to hand over to the salesperson? How, how far the, uh, the buyer's journey go? Well, we, we actually covered the whole... Um first of all, the whole sales process, but also the recommendation process. So we actually had to cover the whole process of buying, but also the process of recommendation. So we had to separate actually the target groups, existing customers and prospects. And then we had to create different funnels for each of them. And then there were prospects that already knew about LexOffice. Uh, and there were those that did not know anything about LexOffice. And so there were a few mechanisms that we also had to develop and had to implement into the bot and reactions to this. So whenever a new level was reached uh, of you know, lower pricing and so on, the bot had to communicate this to, to the community and so on. So all this was basically built in you know, a big storyboard or a big architecture and then put dialogues to it. And uh, actually the misunderstood rate was right from the beginning was quite low because we worked strongly with user guidance and quick replies. So I think in the first hours we started off with like 20% misunderstood rate, uh, but then very quickly brought it down to something like 10 or so. And then in the further course, we brought it so far down that we had an overall rate of 3% in the end. That sounds like a powerful AI machine working behind if, if, if from the right out of the gate, if it was hitting that mark. Was it 100% text-based? So, no, it was not uh, only text-based. Uh, it was actually, uh, we had, as I said, we had integrated quite a number of rich media and we had integrated slider uh, car carousels where you could uh, choose the different uh, referral bonuses. Um, also, we had integrated something like a like a product wizard which which would recommend you the right package of the product the right version of the product and yes i think cognitive ai does contain quite a quite a good ai but at the same time we did a really good job covering all and, and analyzing all the intents immediately came in and optimizing for them uh, so the system really got very quickly better because we had uh, a conversational designer behind it optimizing uh, in the in the first days optimizing constantly that really jives with uh, what i'm dealing with at work in terms of how simple features like interactive buttons and 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 some of the menus and and some of the carousels those tools really built for automation it really as an end user rather than having conversation, whether I text or, you know, speak to, 
the bot every time if there's just something quick that I already know that, that I got already trained by using website or something like that, something I can simply click, I will click. Now, I want to get your advice a little bit here uh, for brands out there who are thinking, uh, okay, OMG, uh, we really need some rapid solution to some of the things and, and whether that becomes chatbot being part of it. How would you advise brands in general who need to really start utilizing digital experience as something that's specifically as a sales marketing tools rather than the passive way that they have been using on their website or things? How they even begin to think about what are some of the, you know, a few things that are really important they need to think first and then engage and move forward what advice would you give i think the first the first challenge that brands have to solve is to think of where they put the ownership for this topic most of the time it is in it under the common circumstances at the moment this leads to an it only solution most of the time because most of the companies still have silos. We need a change in mindset, but this is not new for the, for the conversational space. This is in, in everything that companies do nowadays. We, we can see that things go better if they change their mindset from a silo organization to an interdisciplinary organization where the different disciplines, different departments really uh, work together and talk to each other. I think it is exactly that, preparing the ground for adding conversations to their experiential ecosystem. Um, preparing ground means for companies um, getting the brand set up right. And for large corporations, it's easier said than done, um, as it actually requires fundament fundamental change in their mindset and in the ways brand stewardship is executed today. And they have to get out of the role of being the guardian of the brand and develop their own initiative. On the other hand side, from a product development perspective, uh, brand departments are often perceived as a nuisance. So here too is rethinking necessary. And, and both have to approach each other. Uh, they need to break up, open their, their silos and work together. There is a lot of uncertainty about this topic and a lack of trust also in that technology. So you mentioned before, you mentioned Clippy. Uh, Clippy is uh, what we're quite often confronted with as a worst case scenario. <laughs> so pe people say, uh, you know, we do not want the Clippy. No, that is it. So there, is, there have been experiences in the past that make companies afraid of, you know, doing the same mistakes. All right. We say, uh, in, in Germany, say they are burned children. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid. When you're creating, uh, your, you and your team were creating, Louis, did you have to work with some kind of brand style guide or something? Because what you just said, really, I wanted to bring it to the real environment where how the the, the classical role of a, a brand stewards um you know they're kind of policing responsibility right yes definitely i mean you have to understand the brand first so you so any brand guidelines or uh, style guide or whatever uh, sums up 
what the brand is about is helpful, um, but then you have to reinterpret it for the new uh, medium. And here again, like in any other digital medium, it is about cohesiveness and not about consistency. Does that take reinterpretation, reiteration? I guess we, one can get better with the practice. It is about defining personality and thinking of how is this personality perceived in this medium. So the bot, in the end, it all goes down to bot's behavior and a bot's way to speak with uh, people. And of course, for this, we also can then again define guidelines. And that is usually what we do after, after having done the project and launching the bot. We should document all the learnings and we should uh, set up a style guide uh, because usually our clients then start working with their bot uh, by themselves. And it is important to give them some guidance. Of course, we can support them in the further process, but it's important at the same time that they have the feeling that they really own it. And it's not a work that an agency has done for them and they do not, you know, they have to relate to it. The bot has to become their their colleague that they, that they can work with and that they can, you know, further develop so documentation and brand definition is important there. Absolutely fascinating new field. I think there will be more use cases specific bots and different interactions as well. And so I, I can simply, you know, um, imagine one single brand owning many different manifestation of, of that bot persona in, in, in different contexts and all this and, and how we as professionals trigger that, the, the whole action in terms of uh, making that click connect to the, the entire customer journey that is happening and, and still being able to um, let people kind of experiment and own it themselves and, and keep building on it because it's not a... It's, it's not a logo designed finite thing. And here you go, you put this on this corner. It's nothing like that. And, and, and what you're talking about is, uh, it's, it's really exciting, but at the same time, like how, how would I do it if, I, if it's on my desk? It is not, it, it's not an easy thing. That's why it's, uh, I think, exciting. So right. I, I really thank you for that. Because I know you're, you're intimately working with a lot of designers, not only UX. Um, and thinking about, uh, the role that they are playing, you know, the scope of, of uh, uh, what they are doing, um, I think it has drastically changed. If you were to look at it from the new generation of, of uh, designers, what um, some of the words that you, you want to give them in terms of uh, how, to, how to think about it and, and really take from there and, and do something exciting with it. I think in general, for designers, it's a great time to live in because we have, there's such a broad range of things that we can design in the, in the digital world from websites and, and mobile apps, from, from GUIs to natural user interfaces, tangible thing to conversational user interfaces. And I think as a designer, you should be open uh, to get familiar with any of these, actually, I think it's important to have a process and to have an have a way of thinking and going about things, 
And if you have that, it actually doesn't matter what medium you're designing for. Um, the funny thing is that our, our lead conversational designer is actually a visual designer. And before he came to us, he did not even, had not even done any digital project, but he has now done, um, he has even worked on, uh, on Cognigy's uh, graphical user interface now, because as the conversational designer working with Cognigy, he's so familiar with the platform. And as a visual designer, he's able to, you know, create an interface and he could bring this together, um, working on the, on the Cognigy user interface as well. At the other hand side, it's important for us designers to understand that we are not the only ones who create new products in that world. You also need developers and you need uh, other disciplines. You need strategists. You need definitely need UX people and you need writers. I think being part of, a, of an interdisciplinary team that may even be the best best part of the of the whole job, um, because you know you you learn so much from from everyone else. I mean, we when we did our first ex extended reality project, we had never dealt with virtual reality before, um, so we had to become experts in basically no time, and we made it because we had our approach and we we just deep dived into the technology and experienced it. That's the most important part. Experience your own product. Use your own product. You know, if you build a chatbot, talk to it. Don't just build it, but talk to it constantly. I think that is, that is very important. That's, that's an awesome advice, really. Something even I can enjoy. So I, I really thank you. And I, and I know your branding interactions, the first book was like, 2015 was it and and that there's a new one coming out and 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 we will provide the information and the intro but is if there's a any place else that you want our listener to go to 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 follow the work you're doing um where would you point them to we have a um, we have a blog called brandnewthinking.de it's mostly german but some articles are in english as well and we have a we are on medium as well uh, then, of course, our website, thinkmoto.de. Um, I may mention that uh, the book has already been published in 2018 in German, but uh, English translation got a little bit stuck during the pan um, due to the pandemic now as well. Now, um, I, I lied a little bit. I do have a one little question that I ask uh, my guest, and, and with that, I, I, that is really the last question. So... Tell us, please, so that we can get to know you better. What are the three apps you use the most on your phone? For sure, WhatsApp, uh, Instagram, and Duolingo at the moment because I'm trying to improve my French. I have a 40-day streak today, so I hope I keep it going. Special thanks because uh, I stopped using the English German Duolingo for a while, and and I just, you know, gonna remind myself to get back on it. Thank you for that, lovely. So, with that, it was absolutely wonderful. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. Thanks again to Marco Spies for joining us today. You can find more about Marco and Thinkmodo at Thinkmodo. De. To find out more about Gene and Tintech, visit Tintech.com. Make sure to subscribe to Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Tintech, thanks for listening.